This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. <laughs> How to make friends with time instead of grasping and managing it. How to stop being a brain on a stick through integrating your body. How to keep the voices in your head under control and organized. How to get out of your own way so you can pursue those dreams. Valeria Tellis interviews Dr. Caitlin Foss, the author of Unstuck, three-step system to help high achievers move from stress to flow. Caitlin Foss, PhD, is a certified life coach instructor who helps experts get out of the hamster wheel for good. Common issues include overeating, overdrinking, and overworking. She was a tenured psychology professor and department chair before leaving to be a full-time entrepreneur. Simplifying human development and family science outside of the ivory tower is key within her work. With the insight of a self-made businesswoman, the mindfulness of a yogi, and the humor of a once overwhelmed professor, Dr. Foss has worked with thousands of professionals every year who were once addicted to running in the hamster wheel of endless expectations. She is also the author of Unstuck, her latest book. Unstuck is a practical how-to guide that digs deep to unpack the inner and outer barriers that stand between you and your best self. Dr. Foss delivers easy-to-follow advice about growing up, showing up, and cleaning up your life and explains the data-baked scientific roots for your stress from emotional, social, economic, academic, and mindfulness perspectives. It's not your fault you were taught to run on a hamster wheel. However, it's up to you to pause and catch your breath. Meet Dr. Caitlin at drcaitlinfoss.com. Here's the interview with Dr. Caitlin Foss. In your own words, who is Dr. Caitlin Fass? Yeah, I am a certified life coach instructor and former tenured psychology professor. So I carved my own path into becoming this entrepreneur and somebody who's pursuing my dreams. And that's who I am in a nutshell, helping experts get off the hamster wheel. And that's very helpful <laughs> to all of us. I have a lot of questions for you about what you do and how you do it in your book. Before that, let me ask you some open questions. The first one is about flow. What is another word for flow? For me, I think of water flowing. Yeah. So to me, it's a visual, actually. Right. More than a word of, can I mm. feel that flow? Can mm. I be in it? Can I open up to it? 
Oh, wow. I love that. Yeah. Um, what comes to me is just being life itself, isn't it? Just merging back with life or nature, which we are nature. What do you think is the purpose of the human experience, Caitlin? Oh, to grow. Are we growing up? And if it's not in this lifetime, the next one, like we all are just continuing to grow and grow and see where it takes us. I hear that answer a lot. That's an interesting um, idea. And I often wonder, what is the destination for that? Do you have any visions for that growth? Where are we going to or growing to be or to become? Yeah, it's uh, almost a birth. So I think of the cosmic egg metaphor a lot and our own human development of we're watching the version of what's happening at a cosmic level. So the human life is just like a little tiny slice of how that's happening at a much grander scale. 2020 has been this interesting time of change and actually a lot of chaos to good and um, not so good. For you, what has changed and what insights have you gained? Yeah, so interestingly, that is when I left my professor career. So it was February of 2020. I decided to take the leap right before we knew all about COVID. So once I decided to take that leap, then my husband was laid off. Uh, The whole setup I had for leaving shifted and I had to trust that I could still take the leap. I knew it was time. And so I leaned into that. And as a result, I was able to then work for myself full time. We uh, ended up moving to our home state. We've been away for 13 years with our daughter who we adopted. And so since, you know, if you had told me that this was my going to be my Mm -hmm. life in the fall of 2019, I would have been like, what? Are you kidding? (laughs) Yes, right. So it's been such a joy and and struggle for sure. There was a lot of um, Mm. slowing down, slowing down and really healing work that I did to prepare and help my clients as they are going through that themselves. Trust. When you speak of trust, does it have anything to do with intuition or this is a different kind of trust? Same thing to me, like similar words. So it's just, you know, that net mm. of language, what words do we want to use right. to get at the same, con- same concept? <laughs> True. <laughs> um, yeah. So intuition, trust. Yeah. I often ask about to myself even uh, trust because I love that word, this idea that we can trust something. And I wonder if we are trusting something within ourselves or outside of ourselves. But I guess it's just one space is one thing. It's not two things. Right. It's all, it comes from the internal, right? If we're, our thoughts create our reality. So if we're looking at something external, it's because we created it internally. We're almost at the end with the warm-up questions. I have a few more. Success. What is your idea of success? What is to be successful? Wow, that's an interesting one because that has shifted so much from my achiever, go, go, go mentality of I thought success was climbing my academic career ladder. And now I, you know, that's one form of success and I really enjoyed that. But success now, it's almost a word I don't think of as much anymore because I get to define it in many, in little goals or in many ways now. It's like, a concept of there is, I'm always going to be successful, right? And there are concrete goals I can chase after. I love the idea that we are already successful in the sense of being in a human body, 
this is a miracle to be here alive. So, yeah, 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 redefining success. That's, um, I have been listening to that a lot, the redefinition of success. And uh, let me ask you a fun question, but for me, it's fun. What do you love most about being in a human body? Ooh, I've been <laughs> reconnecting with my human body. So I think the emotion of love is such a great sensation that like I will, I like hanging on feeling that on the regular in my human body. Do you teach or do you ever actually talk or practice unconditional self-love? Or oh, this is a new idea. <laughs> no. Yeah. I love that concept. So uh, inherent worth, inherent value. Yeah. Recon- like once we can recognize that and really feel it, then it's so much easier to have love for ourselves. Can't, is it unconditional? Like the unconditional love is absolutely there. It's our authentic self. Mm-hmm. But uh, can we practice it as humans? You know, that's where we run into the perfect imperfection of, oh, this, you know, humans struggle with this. So we keep practicing over and over again. So yeah. we can get be in line with that unconditional love. How do you define healing, Caitlin? Hmm. Healing to me is taking care of our childhood impressions and any trauma that's come up over the years. So we were perfect being born and knew so much about ourselves then. And then we started to add on that human conditioning piece of it. And that had some downsides. So can we heal those pieces to both return to who we were when we were born and integrate the wisdom that's come along the way. So uh, let me ask you this last question, the warm-up questions. What is true power from your perspective? Hmm. True power is being able to tap into that resource, that internal resource that's always there within us, or that unconditional love, so to speak, of just, I can tap into that, I'm present with it, and anytime I'm truly present, then there I am. Like, that's when I have my power. Do you have any spiritual practices or do you have any spiritual beliefs? I do. I grew up Catholic and I follow, you know, more universal principles now for sure. Yeah. My spiritual practice includes breath work and working with a spiritual teacher, meditation. I'm finishing my own meditation teacher training right now. So those are the key practices, but also using everything around me to grow and to learn so that it doesn't get locked in a box. I think for many years, I separated out spirituality is like, that's one domain of my life. And now I view it as, oh, this is, this is everything. This Mm -hmm. is why we're here. So you wrote the book, Unstuck, three-step system to help high achievers move from stress to flow. What was the inspiration and intention of writing your book, Caitlin? Yes. Well, I've always been a writer. I'm mm-hmm. sure many people can relate. Yeah. And I didn't actually think I'd write a book until much later. So I'm 35 right now. And I thought, I'll do that later. Oh, yeah. And then the universe just kept pulling at me like, it's time to write the book. Mm-hmm. And I ignored it for mm-hmm. a long time. <laughs> and then I was on a call with Rob Bell and one of my favorite spiritual teachers. And he said, basically, in a nutshell, he said, Caitlin, write the book. And I was like, okay, I mean, I think this is a pretty big sign when Rob Bell tells you to write the book. I think it's time. 
So I did that. So then I just started that process Mm -hmm. and, and I knew as it kept evolving that I was capturing a slice of my life and a slice of where I was with helping clients that I wasn't going to be able to write in the same way after that moment, right? Like after the year that I spent writing it, like me talking to you in this conversation so far, even in the warm up questions yeah. is very different from where I was a year ago wow. when I was starting to put together the book. Yeah. And so I think the inspiration was like, keep writing for people who aren't there yet about understanding spirituality and how that connects with everything. What are some very practical tips? What are grounded tips? Matter of fact, like here's how I got from where I was to where I am, you know, where I was this time last year in particular. And here's how you can do it too. Yeah. How did you become a life coach? This is something that you, you somehow thought about before many years ago. Or it just came all at once? Well, when I was, I've also always been a teacher and a mentor. And then one of my undergraduate students talked about life coaching. And I was quite surprised and shocked. I was like, I don't even know what that is. So I ignored it for a while and then started with career coaching in 2016 after I had my own career crisis. And that quickly evolved into, oh, I don't want to just talk about careers with people like we keep talking about their entire lives. And I'm trained at the life coach school, which I love. And that just opened up so many, so much of my own growth and development that it's been such a joy to help other people with their lives. And I instruct other new life coaches now and kind of keep staying in that realm of how do I help other people who are on this journey so it, it, it continues to evolve. Talk to me for a moment about the causes or the roots of stress, the main yeah. ones. Well, a lot of it is some of these thought patterns that we create. Our brain will create thought patterns, but then there are feelings in our body that feel like tension and feel like knots. And that starts to affect our body for sure. Yeah. So then it's, uh, how do I process out that stress? How do I make sure it doesn't get stuck in my body and affect me long term? So it's actually being stressed. It's natural, right, Caitlin? It is. It has a curve and, you know, some of it's good for us, but a lot of us take it too far. By staying stressed, does it have anything to do with fear? Is that the foundations that the uh, the underlying uh, cause for that continuation of stress? That build it up. Yeah. When we stay in a fear mode, like the, and it's that we push fear too far too, Mm, because we can, you know, there's like a healthy level of fear. We would, we do want to be afraid as humans. It's it's a helpful emotion for us, but then we can stay in fear and both of those staying in fear and stress and anxiety, that's all activation of the sympathetic nervous system. So when we, we stay aroused up up there, our our sympathetic nervous system doesn't know how to, you know, we, we need to calm it down and bring it back down, balance it out with the parasympathetic nervous system, stay in our window of tolerance. And that's what helps us balance out our feelings or, you know, how we walk around in any given day as humans. 
Uh, you suggest that we grow up, show up, and clean up. <laughs> I thought it was uh, fun the way you said that. The grow up part's very interesting because uh, it's interesting to see how adults act like children or adolescents. That was the idea there behind that word, grow up. <laughs> Yeah, well, and it's not mine. It's not my phrasing. It's uh, Ken Wilber and oh. Integral Theory. So it's all uh, part of his work. And but yeah, that is the idea of we're we're growing up, and we are we do have all of our inner child personalities yeah. and pieces of us that we're that we're still healing, that we're still integrating, and though that shows up in the workplace and our relationships and mm, yeah. our daily lives and. Can we catch when we're there and remind ourselves like, oh, this is a younger part of me kind of acting out right now. That's part of the work I do with clients. So the three step system, would you like to um, disclose some of them, Caitlin, or we'll talk about one or two? <laughs> yeah. So it, the framework that I help clients through is establish, embrace and envision. So this is breaking down this overall Uh, anchor framework of here's how I want to be as a whole person. Here's how I want all of my flywheels spinning so that I don't feel stuck anymore. And often for a lot of people, they get stuck in one of these flywheels. So for example, when you're working on the establish your foundation, when people are stuck on uh Sleep, for example, yeah, and they yeah. just can't figure out how to get better sleep or they can't manage their time. That's part of reintegrating that framework or reintegrating that flywheel. So it turns of like, oh, yeah, once I really feel like I've established my foundation, then I have room to envision my future. Mm -hmm. Then I can do things like stop numbing out my body mm -hmm. and yeah. process and release emotions In your book, you, one of the chapters, chapter two, the title is How to Make Friends with Time Instead of Grasping at Managing It. That has been a tough one for me. Talk to me about how do we get to do that, make peace with time? Yeah, a lot of it is catching the beliefs that we're saying and yeah. the thoughts that we have about time. Because first, it's a construct, and it's also not something that, you know, we use all these phrases that are like uh, even making friends with, or mm -hmm. I don't have enough time. A lot yeah. of people are telling themselves stories about, I don't have enough time. True. I need to find more. If there were only more hours in the day, yeah. as if that would be a thing that would solve <laughs> anything for us. It's True. like, oh, we made up this construct. We can keep <laughs> checking in with it and remember, hey, 24 hours is neutral. <laughs> Yeah. Then the story we tell about it is what shapes the rest of it, how we feel about it, how we act on it. So for our, this chapter really gets at what am I thinking about it so that I can shift those thoughts. And I talk about being I call myself a time ninja, yeah. not because I'm particularly <laughs> special, but just because, hey, it really helps to be like, I'm hmm. good at this. Yeah, I can slice and dice time how I need to. Wow. And I get to use it to my advantage. And just saying those words, right, changes right. and shifts how I act around it. Now, we, we don't want to go from opposite ends, you know, like I'm bad at time management to I'm great at time management. Yeah. That's where a lot of people struggle with the idea of positive thinking. So oh. the work I do is really about shifting your current thoughts rather than into something that you also believe, but yeah. needs to be practiced <laughs> rather than jumping over into positive affirmations all the time. 
So it's an integration in where you're finding what's already there. It's a resource in, in using it. It has been a challenge, but changing the belief system that I don't have enough time, right? I stopped saying that. I usually, yeah, I was used to say that all the time. But now it stopped. Now I say something else that it's similar. Time and I don't get along. So I need to change that. <laughs> yeah, so it's like a slight, uh, uh, maybe we can learn how to get along together. Maybe yeah. time and I can be friends. So the other thing, something else caught my attention, it was, yeah, how to keep the voices in your head under control and organized. When you say the voices in, in our heads, is that the belief system that it keeps coming, or this is something that it's being suggested by the environment and other people, and how do we do, how do we control something like that? Yeah, so often clients will come to me saying something like, I feel like I have multiple personalities, but yeah. I don't, you know, I don't think I have a mental disorder. And I'm like, it's true, you don't, like probably. I'm not a <laughs> clinician actually, but I go see your clinician to double check. However, <laughs> the idea of sub personalities in our head and a lot of people are familiar with the idea of the inner child yeah. or the inner critic. Yeah. And so that chapter really delves into examples of other subpersonalities and because the whole book is a workbook actually yeah. it guides you toward like how do I find that voice or how do I listen mm -hmm. to this other particular voice you know like how do I define and characterize my inner critic so I recognize her when she comes up or the character like I, there's one for me and some of my clients, Gollum from The Lord of the Rings is mm, like yeah. in there and kind of sneaky and hiding and just being like, nobody loves me. And mm. it's like, oh, if we can love and comfort that Gollum character and find it, that shifts a lot of things for people. Yeah, we usually connect feelings to belief system, beliefs, thoughts. They are connected to feelings. Feelings and emotions for you, are they the same or they are somehow different, those two aspects? I use the words interchangeably. You have a chapter on emotions, releasing emotions, which, boy, we need that, most of us. Is that something that helps in embodiment? We have been hearing that word a lot. Getting out of our heads and just moving down to the body and being present, as you mentioned earlier, is that one of the ways to process and release emotions, Caitlin? It is. And I talk about techniques to do that, what's really worked for me. I tested a lot of different things over the years, especially being academically trained or anyone who's climbed a professional ladder, doctors and attorneys. It's like a, we get trained to stuff down emotions, mm -hmm. especially yeah. working with clients yeah. and yeah. like stuff them down in your body. And then no one tells us how to deal with them after that. Right. And a lot of us cope with food or with buffering, uh, with other activities, too much social media or too much work. So can we stop and take the time, which doesn't take as much time as the brain tries to tell us? Mm. Can we process and release those emotions so that then we're lighter and freer, able to access that authentic self? I tend to see life as a whole, so there's no separation from one thing to another, although we have conversations here about it, but I tend to see the whole picture that everything is just life happening. Um, like I usually say, I don't have a life, I am life. That's beautiful. But we still need practices, that's interesting, especially when it comes to the body, I need to brush my teeth, to eat and all that. So 
practices that are crucial to the human experience. Do you have clients online too, in person and online or? I do. I mostly focus online on Zoom sessions. So I do both one-on-one work and lead groups and also then facilitate workshops for organizations and universities. Yeah, so you do mostly online, but both. I don't know what's happening now with the, the situation. I have heard I don't watch TV, so my husband sometimes talks to me. Is that coming back where you are? Are you able to meet people in person? For, for me right now, yes. We are in person and be able to go to events and everybody's at different comfort levels with it for sure. But we've just recently moved. So it's fun to be in a new location with many more people and start to interact with a new community. Um, And speaking of community, talk to me for a moment about being open to ask for help when we need. Most of us don't do that. Right. Well, chapter 11 is how not to be a do-it-yourself island because (laughs) I am the queen of being an island of like, no, no, I'll do it myself. This is embarrassing (laughs) or I don't want to talk about it or I've got too much shame about it. So can anytime I reach out or open up and be vulnerable with others, Mm. it pays off and it shows me that connection that we all have of, hey, so many other people are going through this. And I'm always telling my clients, like if they could see it from my angle, I've seen thousands of brains. They have so much more in common than they do Mm. differences. There's basically, I don't think there's anything I haven't heard at this point. And it's one of those reminders that, Hey, I know we think we're all unique and we are in many ways, but the patterns of the brain and the, what it spits up on any given day are very common patterns. And when we, we can recognize those, then we can harness the power of training our brain. Thank you for saying that. That's a very important message, right? That we all connected in all very much the same. I mean, I believe there's just one thing happening here, but we explored that in different ways through separation. But yeah, that would be an amazing reality if we all realize that that everything, it's connected and it's one, essentially. I mean, it might be one and two, but uh, one and two at the same time, but there's no separation. Thank you for saying that. So we're almost at the end, and I do have a few more questions for you, Caitlin. The ending questions. Would you like to add anything or read a passage in your book? Oh, I'm excited for these questions at the end. What was the hardest lesson to learn about yourself in life as of today? The hardest lesson has been this achievement pattern, like, oh, this doesn't define me. Spending decades following a ladder and seeking the approval of others and Mm -hmm. external validation of, oh, wait, this was a pattern (laughs) that I adopted in childhood. And uh, can I keep undoing and releasing those parts so that I don't have as much of an attachment to the achievement? What is another word for healing? Another word for healing. Did we say this in the beginning too? <laughs> because who knows what I said several oh, yeah. minutes earlier. Yeah. Uh, what is healing? I think I asked the, uh, the idea yeah. of healing. What would be another a word that would capture this concept of healing? Another word for healing, I think, yeah. would be softening. Softening. Oh, I love that, Caitlin. Yes. That makes me think about kindness and gentleness. 
Right. If you knew you would die soon, meaning leaving or losing the body, would you make any change or do anything in a different way? That's a wonderful question. I would, right now, because I feel like this, I've built a lot of where I am up right now, probably a little less work, some like cutting back on activities. I love to ask myself this question on the regular. So then it always shows me where I need to stop engagements or stop projects that aren't really serving me. Right. So there's, I'd probably add, like, make sure I have a little bit more fun before Mm. I leave. Yeah. It's a good reminder for this weekend. Integrate the fun. Right. Playfulness, lightness. I agree a thousand times, a billion times. What are three things about life you know for sure as of this moment? Ooh, do I know anything for sure about life? (laughs) Now, that's a question. Who's speaking Hmm. when I say that I'm sure about something in life? Hmm. Um, I know that, you know, part of what we're talking about here, I know that the present moment is the thing to keep returning to. I know that love is real. I could keep turning to that. And I know that I'm just looking at one slice of what's really going on here and one perspective. I love your wisdom. Thank you so much for sharing yourself with us. It's fun and beautiful at the same time and profoundly beautiful. So I do have another question for you. Two more questions. The last one's a technical one. I'm adding this question now for some reason. What is another word for Caitlin? Another word for Caitlin is pure. Thank you. Thank you, Caitlin, for your presence and everything that you bring into this reality and this beautiful intention and sincere desire to improve the world in a sense of the reality we live in, that it seems and appears to need some more of um, these elevated perspectives about love and self-care and gentleness and softness, as you said. I love that. So before we say goodbye, where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? Yeah, well, first I want to say thank you for providing this platform so that everyone can hear and listen. Thank you to the listeners. Everyone can find me at Dr. Caitlin Foss. So D-R-C-A-I-T-L-I-N-F is in Frank, A-A-S is in Sam.com. Wonderful. Thank you so much again, and we'll talk soon. Thank you. Bye for now, Caitlin. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Dr. Caitlin Foss and her work, please visit drcaitlinfoss.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.